edition of the No Age Boxing Podcast. With me, your host, Andy White, and with me in the studio, as always, is Martin Theobald. Hello. Um, apologies for our extended absence. As we mentioned previously, or I mentioned previously, it's been due to me, you know, me. I'll take, I'm still around. Yeah, you know, I'll take full, uh, full culpability for this. I've been away with work, um, I, but you know what? My commitment to fans, um, if that's what you can call the ten of you that are listening... <laughs> <laughs> um, has made me change my job so that I can spend more time dedicating to these podcasts. You got sacked. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Too much exposure. Um, okay, so we'll, we'll, uh, what we're going to do is we're just going to uh, try and catch up with the highlights of the last few weeks and then look forward to, well, probably nothing that's coming up, really. Nothing at all. Yeah. But, so, but we'll uh, go in over the things that have happened in the recent past. We'll start with last week. Plenty since you bothered to turn up. Yeah, <laughs> probably a little bit more. So, right, let's talk about. You've got a beard in that time. That's because I haven't had a shave. Uh, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> that's because uh, that's because I've been so job. sad since I lost my job. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Thinking of booze as well. <laughs> <laughs> my dog hasn't eaten. Um, Sold him. Golovkin versus Lemieux. What can you tell me about that fight? Right, so that was last weekend. So we're a little bit out of date here, and uh, people have probably heard about it, but uh, it's probably the biggest thing that's happened since we uh, since we last spoke. So it was meant to be an all-out war. It was meant to be um, two real bangers going at it. It was. Um, it wasn't disappointing. It was. I mean, Golovkin just showed that he at middleweight is borderline untouchable. Um, he he took apart David Lemieux, who was renowned as a knockout artist himself I think he got 30 knockouts from 33 victories or something like that um, so real heavy handed fighter but he just he showed that you're going to need something else other than being able to hit to be able to beat Golovkin which I suppose is just one more um, kind of CV ticked off of Golovkin's list there's question marks over what is going to be able to stop him and some people have said maybe a heavy handed fighter would be able to well he's proven now that being able to whack isn't good enough because um, he broke him down he walked him down the only disappointment would be maybe that he didn't um, it wasn't a complete fire fight it wasn't two people just standing toe to toe and going at it Glovkin worked off his jab uh, broke him down that way and then uh, you know, kind of took him apart throughout the fight so, uh, and you've expected for the Glovkins there uh, a powerful hitter, a bit of an animal as well. So he's also got a high level of skill and tactics to that as well. To he has, and I mean his uh, his footwork is exceptional. He just he stands almost on the toe of his opponent throughout. He doesn't leave them at any point, um, which as an opponent must be a nightmare because you would end mm. up like you've got nowhere to run. So like when you see a fighter on the back foot, they're quite often working a length off a jab and like creating angles and going off of the fighter whereas with Golovkin you can't do that he shuts the ring down and so like he stands on your foot and he will close you into the corners of the ring so 
I don't like that. You would have to have stupidly long arms to be able to jab and avoid him, and jab and avoid him for a whole fight because he's like a little Terminator and he's <laughs> douse him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would need to be like that and like use your legs as well uh, in douse him style. But uh, yeah, he was he was impressive, but he always is. Um, so he's now been mandated to fight the winner, and the WBC have confirmed that he's mandated to fight the winner of. Um, Miguel Cotto and uh, Canelo Alvarez in November those two fight um, and there's also talk that Andy Lee who fights Billy Joe Saunders <coughs> also in November um, will fight Golovkin but I mean Saunders has come out himself and said that he didn't particularly fancy the fight yet he'd yeah, kind of wait until Golovkin yeah. goes over the hill a little bit he's <laughs> um, honest he's honest yeah it's not the bravest thing to say so uh yeah, I mean, he he looks untouchable at that weight. So whether he'd have to go up in weight and maybe take on um, Andre Ward, at super mi- uh, yeah, super middleweight, but then Andre Ward is looking north of super middleweight himself and possibly towards light heavyweight for a fight with Kovalev. I don't know. I don't know what he would do, really. He's struggling to find anybody of any significance to fight. And I mean, Alvarez came out last week, and he's such a pussy for saying it, but he said... Um, I'll explain why he's a pussy in a second, but he's fighting for the world middleweight title right next month, and he's come out and said, "I would fight Golovkin, but I'm not fighting him at 160 pounds, which is what the middleweight limit is for the belt that he's fighting at." He said, "I'll fight him at 157 or 156. I can't remember what it was." He said, "I'll fight him at that weight, but my body's not ready to go 160." Yet, they've had the check weight weigh-in, so they have to do a 30-day weigh-in prior to the fight to make sure they're oh. bringing their weight down. Okay, here we go, yeah. He's heavier <laughs> than what Golovkin was at the same point in preparation for a fight. And so, I mean, he goes into but the could ring... Could that just be useless weight that he just does, he wants to shed? Well, so what? Right, even if we, if we, if we take a cynical standpoint, why is he choosing to say this? Because he's shit scared of him. <laughs> so he just wants to strip Glovkin down. He wants to strip Glovkin down. Right. And when uh, Cotto did this against Daniel Gill, Daniel Gill stands on the weighing scales, and he looks like a advert for Red Cross or something. Like he was <laughs> so skinny. Well, he's going to say Calvin Klein, but no, Red Cross. <laughs> Please, <laughs> he was me. so skinny and like he just looked so drained. Um, and that's how I think people would see that you would beat Golovkin. And Golovkin had said that he would come down previously in weight to fight Floyd Mayweather, but that's for a huge fight, you know. Canelo, it's a bit different. Canelo would mm. be a huge fight, but also Canelo, if he wins in November, will be a middleweight title holder. So just grow a pair and go up to that weight limit if you're going to fight for the belt. Um, so it's a bit of a joke, really, but. It is what it is. It's, uh... it, it comes back to that thing that, like, well, we were briefly went over at some point, which was like, where do, but you've got some fighters that are good, and you've got some fighters that are clever. Uh, and if if you if you've got a mix of both, you can be someone like Mayweather or something like that. But there's also fighters that seem to choose when they pick their opponent. I mean, Mayweather does it as well. Picks their opponents. You know, if he'd have picked Pacquiao three or four years ago. Then maybe it would have been closer. It would have been a different fight, certainly. Yeah. So, so I just find it frustrating because it, it never gives a true reflection of how good. Yeah, and uh, I mean Golovkin's not a young man; he's thirty-two or thirty-three. Um, so he's in a few years' time, he's going to be past his peak in theory. So actually, on that, why is it taking him? I mean, I could be wrong here, but why is it taking him so long to come to the fore then? Um, he's only just really broken America. 
suppose, is the answer. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, his last fight was his first fight headlining a pay per view. Um, and uh, by the sounds of it, it depends which source you listen to. But he hasn't done massively impressive uh, pay per view numbers. But somewhere around one hundred and fifty thousand is apparently the number uh, in America, uh, which isn't huge compared to some fighters, some pay per view fighters. So. It is only his first pay-per-view, and it wasn't against the best-known fighter in the world, so it's excusable. It's not bad numbers, not terrible numbers, um, but he's only just, I suppose, uh, come to the the public consciousness to the level that he has because he's he's not really had the opportunities. Okay, then moving swiftly on, let's talk about the uh, more recent stuff that's gone on um, on Sky. Uh, last night we had uh, Parody versus Gavin McDonald. What can you tell us about that? Uh, right, so super, ba- super bantamweight European title fight. It was uh, it was good. Gavin McDonald, um, super bantamweight, who, yeah, he, he looked good. He boxed off the back foot all night. He uh, He's clearly improving under the work of Dave Coldwell, his trainer. He, uh, yeah, he won on points. Parody, uh, he's been in with some decent names. <laughs> Carl Frampton last night on Twitter. Carl Frampton, who's also super bantamweight, has uh, fought Parody before. And uh, he came out on Twitter last night saying that his memory of Parody was that uh, he was a fighter that he's turned up to at the weigh-in and he had the biggest bulge in his pants. <laughs> it's the opponent he's had with the biggest penis. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he... Uh, yeah, Gavin McDonald looked good. He's uh, he, he was impressive. Um, <laughs> we st- still talking about him as a fighter, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like his brother Jamie McDonald, he has a very, 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 very good engine on him and fights for twelve rounds at high pace. Uh, so there's something about those two brothers that I like, don't get into a marathon with them because so uh, they they could I mean as a callback to one of our earlier podcasts they could do the 99 rounders with those they could do the 99 <laughs> rounders old school boss yeah no they uh, they're both very fit fighters clearly and they've uh, they both recently switched to Dave Coldwell as a trainer who has done good things with them um, so yeah that was the undercard of it and then uh, yeah you had Chris Eubank Jr. headlining it um, in what was a absolute fucking joke of a fight <laughs> yeah. yeah we had some notes on this and uh, yeah you mentioned it <laughs> what were my notes I can't remember it was <laughs> well it was something along the lines of about uh, Eubank totally outclassing Jetta yeah it, it was it was a mismatch of the highest proportion now this is a shame right because you had last night should have been headlined by Kelbrook versus Diego Chavez and last night should have also then been parlayed with Tyson Fury versus Vladimir Klitschko and right now, you and I should still be hungover, having come back from Dusseldorf today. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that is a shame. <clears throat> yeah, instead <laughs> of that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the the Brooke Chavez fight fell out of that card, and so it ended up being headlined by um, Chris Eubank versus Tony Jetta. So, Tony Jetta is a 39 year old American who has never achieved anything. Like, he's not a journey. Ooh, but you can't call dangerous. Him- <laughs> Yeah, see where this is going, right? So he's not a journeyman because he, he doesn't lose for a living, but he's never achieved anything. He was ranked, right, by BoxRec, 35th best middleweight in America. Oh, my God. He's like, and he's like, when you say he's not even a journeyman, so he doesn't lose for a living. So basically, he's not even a good loser. He's not even... Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, he's I not, try and I'm rubbish. Yeah, so he... The only time he's ever stepped up in class, he's been 
demolished, right? And so what pisses me off no end about this is that before the fight, Eddie Hearn refuses, refuses to acknowledge that this bloke is a joke to get over for a headline act. You'd be far better off as they used to do, which is when the headline act of a card, you know, falls over, is cancel the card. Because if you don't do that, you end up with absolute crap like last night <laughs> where you end up with a 39 year old 35th best middleweight in America coming over and just getting embarrassed and he got knocked down in the first round and then got like demolished in the second I don't remember him throwing what, a punch what sort of shape was he in he was in you know he was in oh. fine shape he was uh, you know he hit 160 pound that's his career you know weight he probably walks around about 165 pound by the looks of him but there is no way whatsoever he should have been in that ring last night. And I say, what really gets my tits is that Eddie Hearn, like, he, he laughs at you in your face ultimately before the fight. He laughs in your face about the fact that a while back he um, he had Jason Gavin over as an opponent for um, Anthony Joshua. And people ripped on him because he was caught on camera saying, you know, sometimes I just bring a fighter over because they have good banter. Uh, not because they're there to win, but because they got a bit of banter and they liven it up a bit, right? But so this, Bants. he he made this same comment like in laughter about Tony Jetta in the build up to the fight, and he was like, "Ha!" Like laughing about him being laughed at for saying about fighters have good banter. So he says, "Ah, you know, Tony Jetta's got good banter with a little cheeky nod and a wink and." Uh, and then this prick gets blown out in two rounds, like absolutely destroyed. That is pretty banasaurusy. <laughs> and so, like beforehand, they're trying to genuinely call him a, not a threat, but you know, a challenge to Eubank, and he's going to be challenged with this fight. Whilst every single person with any knowledge whatsoever about it is sat there thinking, "You're absolutely taking the piss." And like over the last two weeks, I've cancelled my Sky subscription because. Oh yeah, yeah. We. Oh, I, well, I, I think if we m- at least. Like kind of run over the message I got. <laughs> I copy, ladies and gentlemen. I got a copy basically through when I was away. I got a copy from a of uh, an email that uh, I had an exchange with the lady on the sky with the sky, and he was livid. He was proper proper <laughs> livid. You could see him. Sm- I could imagine him smashing plates in his I'm smash- a Greek. <laughs> smashing things in his house in frustration. Right. Um, so, God, so this was actually prior to the um, the card last weekend, which had Sam Eggington versus Dale Evans as the uh, the headline act, right? Which is a fine fight in itself. I mean, it was meant to be Sam Eggington versus Frankie Gavin in a battle of two broomy lads in Birmingham, and that gets called off, and you end up with um, Eggington versus Dale Evans, which turned out to be a pretty decent fight. But, um in advance of that they've then announced that Kel Brook isn't going to be fighting and so they're still going to go ahead with one of these remember Eddie Hearn has limited dates on Sky so they're still going to go ahead with this uh, Eubank Jr. versus Tony Jetta as the headline act of this fight which is as I said in advance it's an awful fight and it turned out to be worse than an awful fight and so I I cancelled my Sky subscription like out of principle of the fact that you pay over much per month. So I send off this email, right? I've cancelled it. I send off an email to the Sky executive. I actually copied in Matchroom Sport to it as well. Um, and I get an email response back from <laughs> Sky from a customer service executive, um, which basically says, and I said, you know, you've lost the Champions League football to BT Sport and your boxing coverage um, 
both domestically and internationally because international stuff the decent stuff tends to end up on box nation and if it's going to be uh, on sky then you can pretty much rest assured you're going to be paying pay-per-view so i send this email and i get a response back this is uh, in the week leading up to eggington versus evans that says um you know we we understand your issue now uh unfortunately yes we lost the champions league but don't worry because we're still showing the scottish cup which is you know fantastic news as a football fan i've been waiting to see the scottish cup there might be some people on here that are not football fans so just just to sort of clarify the scottish cup is the equivalent of eubank versus tony jetter from last (laughs) night right every single week (laughs) (laughs) that's including the scottish league as well every single week like basically Celtic Chris Eubank Jr yeah, everyone versus... else in the league is Jetta getting spanked <laughs> yeah, every week. but don't worry because we might have lost the Champions League but we've still got still that still got that you can and still so watch that this person at Sky and I can't remember her name if I said it it's probably going to end up as me slandering someone anyway so I'm not going to uh, worry too much but came back and said and uh, you know boxing wise we feel like we're still offering good coverage including uh, this weekend we've got Sam Eggington versus Frankie Gavin Oh, for fuck's sake like they just treat you with absolute contempt so I emailed so he went off with <laughs> <laughs> so they pulled the cord lit the blue touch paper <laughs> and he went right and I, I I've got a right <laughs> so I sent this back <laughs> and then mine's about to explain to you what he said but at the end of this he said so fucking retarded <laughs> this is service excellent this is a service excellent consultant is it yeah so i'll say this service excellence consultant comes back saying uh, yeah we still have eggington versus gavin which okay maybe you're not a boxing expert working at sky but then if you're not a boxing expert that's absolutely fine but at least check your fucking facts before <laughs> you go and hit that email to somebody that's already sent you an email pretty peed off about the state of what you're showing so as i say the actual the eggington Edmonton's fight turned out to be fine it was a good fight it's just the absolute contempt the sky show for its customers and they've signed up with eddie hearn for three years is it as a monopoly and to be honest i, I would absolutely advise anyone that signs up for boxing out of their tv to cancel their sky stuff and send them an email saying why because if you don't then they'll never know why it is you're cancelling but is they're going to carry on at that level of poor poor uh saturday night shows because they can and because people will continue to pay for it so uh, yeah i mean that's uh that's my bit of a rant really well but it's, this kind of segues nicely into a question i had for you which is and i can expand on this but essentially why does head eddie hearn exist <laughs> because I'm... his dad and his mum uh, <laughs> yeah. one well, night Barry Hearn and this is a bit of a deeper conversation but I do need to understand this <laughs> um, what, I'm, what I mean by that is that why why does why, why does the sport have him there why has it not moved on it's almost like it's run by well I'd say it was run by some sort of um, collective but it's not it seems to be run by by him or at least it's held hostage by him why has the sport not moved on it's like it's still stuck in some 1970s 1980s right so what it used to be like a few years back on Sky they had Frank Warren they had at the time Frank Maloney now Kelly Maloney and they had Barry Hearn who were their three promoters that used to share the TV time and for whatever reason Sky and I guess it comes down to money is what it's always going to come down to but Sky selected uh, Matchroom Promotions which at the time was Barry Hearn um, to be the sole TV provider now Matchroom Promotions have almost got a secondary arm to it which is matching boxing which is now run by eddie hearn 
Um, and I suppose not dissimilar to how um, Al Heyman has made things in America that it was quite exciting when he came along. Now, Eddie Hearn, let's not be too critical in some places. Eddie Hearn is good for the sport in, in some ways. He's somebody, and uh, I was down somewhere earlier, I was chatting to a few boxers, and they were saying that he, like, when you spend time around him, spends 90% of his time on the phone, on Twitter, answering fans' questions. So you can't fault that at all. Like, he'll take the criticism on the chin from fans on Twitter, and he can't respond to everybody, um, but he does respond to some of the negative stuff on there about how poor their shows are. And yeah, this morning he's been on Twitter saying about, oh yeah, well, you know, it's a real shame Jetta never turned up, so it was a bit of a poor fight last night. So why does he exist? He exists because he's actually a bit of a fresh face within the sport. He, Because um, Barry Hearn stepped away from it, right? Yeah, he's, he's still involved, but he's no longer the face of it. It's, right. Yeah, Hearn's younger, good-looking. He's got a bit of like banter about him. He's, uh, he's quite chirpy. He's likeable. Um, but what they're doing with except the for towards with you, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But no, what they're doing is laughable, frankly. Like, so it, it needs sorting out. And the only way you're ever going to sort something out, is one massive fight, and that fell apart. And then one of your other promoters came in and said, "Well, actually, do you know what? We could tell a TV slot, and we've got these three fights lined up." Then that would force. Eddie Hearn or whatever, whoever it was that had lost the big fight, to then go, well, actually... Uh, uh. Do you know what? That's a perfect... Right. Yeah. No, that is a very good example. Last weekend, right, I was down at your call for the Goodwin promotion show. On that show, you had two Southern Area title fights. You had an English title fight. You had an English title eliminator. And you had a British title eliminator. Right? That's a stacked card. Now... Don't get me wrong, like a Southern Area title fight isn't necessarily something that everybody's going to get excited about on the face of it. It doesn't mean an awful lot to the mm. casual fan tuned in on Saturday yeah. night on Sky. It's not like a Mayweather title. No, no. <laughs> but those fights were phenomenal. That, like, that card had everything on it. It had knockouts. It had two men fall through the rope and get <laughs> one of them carried away on a stretcher whilst his mum's trying to get in the ring and fucking chin the other geezer, and that's ended in God knows what controversy. You didn't go to WWE. Or <laughs> <laughs> it had, um, as I say, title fights. It had English title eliminators. There were some absolutely quality tear-ups on there. The Goodwin Promotions lot have um, gone away and invested money into a, uh, making York Call into a what well, looks like a TV product, right? So it's all kept under cloak and dagger a little bit in advance to be unveiled last weekend. So what they've done is, for those that have been or watched like Matchroom and Frank Warren shows, you see the entrance videos, right? You see the big walkways down to the ring. You see, uh, yeah, everything that makes a big show. So you have the screens up. What they've done is they've taken and revolutionised like small hall shows. So yeah, so they don't look like amateur. They don't look event. like a leisure centre, which is yeah. what it is. It's a leisure centre with yeah, one thousand two hundred yeah. people there, and they sold every single ticket to that. That's and cool. they could have sold it two, three times over, from what I understand, for speaking with uh, Steve Goodwin, the head of the. So they have made it look like a TV product with the idea being that you know hopefully they'll get a TV deal of some sort so hopefully someone like Spike TV who has started showing um, a bit of boxing you know, Channel 5 shows some of the Mick Hennessy stuff somebody ought to get on board with it right because it now looks like a TV product 
And when you're there, right, if you've ever been, for people that have been to some of these big shows where you're at like a 10,000, 20,000 arena, you get the big entrance videos, you get the, yeah. the entrance music, you get the walk down to the ring. You get that, but you get that in a 1,200 seat, a leisure centre. Right. And so you don't so lose that atmosphere. It's an intimate experience. <clears throat> oh, yeah, it's, a, it's an intimate experience. You don't lose that atmosphere. There's a guy, Floyd uh, Pac-Man Moore, who, when he came down, he must have... He's from Fairham in Portsmouth, right? He's a sound, sound bloke. He must have had, like, 400 fans <laughs> within the 1,000... When I say 400, 400, like, there for him. And then, like, the majority, when the, you know, when you get 400 people for one person, then maybe a couple of other hundred, like, suddenly join yeah. in. And, like, when his music went off, like, my hair stood up on the back <laughs> of my neck. The roof almost came Yeah, off. the roof comes off the place. <laughs> I turn around and Steve Goodwin's there at the end of the entrance uh, ring walk, like, clapping along with the fans and, like, getting <laughs> well into it. Um, I would... They're going to be using that setup, right, for every show now. They've been, I've been down today with them, um, doing more um, entrance videos and things for their fighters. They are investing in small hall shows. Fuck Sky off. <laughs> <laughs> that £60 a month that you pay for Sky or whatever it is somebody's paying, that's what I was paying, 68 quid a month. I would 110%, if you're a boxing fan and you're paying for Sky Sports for the boxing coverage sack your 60 odd pound off and go and buy two tickets a month to go and watch small hall shows right and if you go to the york hall ones with this new setup you will not and it's not york hall for every promoter they use it for goodwin like they're the ones that have invested in it they're the ones that have made it look like a, a far better product sack your money off with sky and get down there and watch that because you'd have such a better experience than sat at home watching eubank beat the shit out of some useless american right you get proper 50 50 fights you get title fights, you get... Uh, the headline one was Leon McKenzie, the ex-footballer versus John McCallum. There was a bit of build-up, a bit of feistiness. I say the uh, some of the other fights, Floyd Moore won the Southern Area, Chris Agidou won the Southern Area title, um, Lawrence Bennett versus Matty Askin for the English title at Cruiserweight uh, ended in massive controversy when two fighters fall out of the ring and the fight gets stopped in the first round. Like, I cannot implore people enough to sack Sky off, still pay for the big pay-per-views or whatever, because that's the only fucking decent card you're going to get on there anyway. So, like, you'll end up paying for it or stream it if you've got any sense. Um, so I implore you, if you're a boxing fan, if you are fed up with Sky, then just think about what it is that you're paying for out of them and actually maybe go and support some local stuff. Go and watch it live for the same money you're paying Sky and uh, you won't be disappointed if you go down to York Hall with the Goodwin stuff you will not be disappointed right because uh, you know so you may not be as familiar with the fighters but the atmosphere there and what they're putting on is like is second to none um, and to be fair it, it does put to shame what Sky are putting on so that's you know, I've got, I've got, <laughs> <laughs> of course, you've always got the option of just paying homeless people to have a fight whilst you get a ghetto blaster out and just. Uh, Is this because you're growing a beard? You think uh, you want to earn another I'm, living? I'm just trying to, you know, uh, increase the appeal of the homeless person. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, we can put homelessness to an end. And I can buy a razor. Okay, right. We're going to speak about a few more bits after this. <laughs> Okay, welcome back. Let's... Right, first of all, just before we go into this next segment, 
I just want everyone to know that if they want to send in their invoices and you'll pay them for their um, psychological analysis and they're just <laughs> lending us lending you their ear for your for your psychological outbursts and to sort of like try and cajole some more traumatic experiences out of you I think if they're they going to talk about if people can send in their addresses so my wife can send thank you cards out <laughs> to them because if it wasn't for sitting there doing this my wife would get it all in the ear and the checks of course but yeah no, I don't like checks <laughs> That's a lie. I don't that, mind check people. At all. That's that's another podcast entirely. Yeah, that's the xenophobe podcast that we do. <laughs> that's a lie. I love check people. I love Carol Poborski. Carry on. That's a dated reference. Come <laughs> <laughs> <Okay. Patrick> Burger. Pavel <laughs> okay. Nedved. Right. Let's talk about um, the. Well, I'm just going to read it literally verbatim. The shit state of titles. Using Eubank as an example. <laughs> oh man. Right. So. <laughs> Because there's no action coming up over the next week of any note whatsoever, um, this is just a, a ranty episode. So I apologise to anyone that uh, that has to listen to my voice for it. Or there's always well, a stop. We can with you. Can with stop. <laughs> um, right. I can't do that. By the way, <laughs> so, <laughs> leave. so you should stick with it for me. Come back in 15 minutes, mate. Yeah, well, come on, man, stick with me. Uh, right. So yeah. Based on last night, it was just such a joke, right? This Chris Eubank fight. And what really got my goat about it is that you see Eubank <laughs> posting these photos on like Facebook and Twitter and his whatever. Him and his dad stood in the back last night after he's like bullied some American geezer who's come over for a week's holiday. And there's a photo of the two of them with his WBA interim title and he's got like hashtag and still. It's like and still what? <laughs> and still ducking the shit out of Billy Joe Saunders, right? Because you ain't never going to fight him again. Now that you're on Sky and Billy Joe Saunders on Box Nation, you ain't fighting him for many years. You had the opportunity and you didn't. And so you're not going to avenge that loss. Yeah, because like, he was saying, you know, he could beat Saunders. That was a one-off, blah, blah, blah. Oh, sorry, right, okay. <clears throat> so he was saying, you know, he could beat Saunders. And then he goes and swerves it completely by signing with Sky. Like, fair enough, he's going to get better exposure on Sky and what have you, but don't still talk about Saunders. Right. And so he's got this photo saying, and still. And still what, mate? And still the WBA interim middleweight title holder. Now, let's put this... Sounds almost as prestigious as that Southern Area title you were talking about earlier. I'd far rather have a Southern Area title, man, <laughs> than have that. i tell you now. Uh, <laughs> Right, so let's look at the state of. We've said it before about titles, but the WBA are the prime example of how to just rinse uh, promoters of sanctioning fees to hand out Toys R Us trinkets to fighters. <laughs> so you've got. <laughs> brilliantly, last night was for the WBA interim title. Now, it was announced prior to last night's fight that the winner of the fight was going to be stripped of the belt straight after the fight anyway the reason being was yeah, I didn't really get this you did explain this but I, to me earlier I really didn't get this at all the, the reason being that WBA has stated is because of the inactivity of Chris Eubank so he hasn't fought I think it's since March when he beat um, <laughs> Dimitri Tudor contradicted by taking it off him after a fight he <laughs> take it off him last week <laughs> <laughs> take it off him after he's just had a fight and then go sorry mate you've been inactive I'm going to have that back what? <laughs> so they actually strip a fighter due to inactivity 
um, after he's had a fight. So even if Tony Jetta had won that fight last night, which, I mean, to be fair, if you thought he was, you're an idiot, but if he had somehow, like, fluked it, he would have been stripped of that title straight after the fight because of Chris Eubank's inactivity. Like, what are you... Ah! So... Was that not just them making a tokenistic, uh, well, not tokenistic, but like making a judgment on what they were going to do based on the fact that they knew that Eubank was going to win? Yeah. But what makes this laughable, right? Okay, so that's the WBA interim middleweight title. At the same time, you have a second WBA interim middleweight title holder, who's a guy called Alfonso Blanco, who seems a champ. Yeah. <laughs> You've now appointed a second interim title holder. Right, so that's laughable in itself. We got, can we, I realise we've done, we've talk, kind of talked about this before, but can we Can we just, is there an easy way to explain an interim title? No, because it's bullshit, right? <laughs> well, that seems like a pretty quick way. <laughs> no, so you could have an interim title holder if you had a title holder that was uh, not fighting very often or was injured. Like, that's kind of acceptable. Um there's reasons behind that but we'll come on to this because there's a couple of stages to get through yet on this so <laughs> settling okay <laughs> so they then announced that in December I mean the fight's been announced for a while now Gary Spike O'Sullivan will be fighting Chris Eubank Jr. at the O2 on the undercard of Dillian White versus uh, Andy Joshua that fight is going to be a eliminator for the WBA title right so you've just been stripped of the WBA interim and then you're going to fight for an eliminator for their title in December so go and make sense of that Did it, so it didn't really matter if they took off the, the belt off him at all anyway no because he's going to fight for the same organisation for their uh, eliminator in December but <laughs> the WBA have two title well they actually have four title holders now three because they stripped Eubank so the WBA super champion is Gennady Golovkin. What the fuck is that? That's the top of the tree, right? And so you have right. Gennady Golovkin, who Chris Eubank Jr. has called out recently, and he's, you know, keeps saying, oh, yeah, and Senior says, oh, my son Did could be... Did you just say Gennady Golovkin? Golovkin. Is the WBA super champion. And Eubank's calling him out. Yeah, Eubank's calling him out because he's... Yeah, but it's the same as me calling him out. If the fight ain't going to happen, <laughs> yes. it don't matter. I can call out anyone I want. Um... It right, just, it just seems insane. I mean, it's really, really stupid. Like, you can only look like an idiot if you get the fight. You look like an idiot because you're going to get tanned. If you don't get the fight, you look like an idiot. The only thing you can say is that, like, fair play. He wants to fight, and I think genuinely, like, if it was down to him and he was offered the fight, he would take it. And he could take it. I know they say I'll take it tomorrow. He could take it tomorrow because he's just had an eight-week training camp and then bullied a bloke last night. <laughs> um, yeah, Jet might take it. <laughs> take anything clearly <laughs> a payday um, yeah. and so yeah you've got the super champ who is Gennady Golovkin underneath that you've got um, coming up is a fight between Daniel Jacobs and Peter Quillen those two are going to be fighting for the WBA regular title so that's the one that sits underneath the super title but they don't normally call it a super title right they, the WBA do because <laughs> but normal people just call it the WA title. Yes, yeah, the same as uh, Scott Quigg is the WBA world title holder. He's the WBA regular title holder, and then uh, Rigondale is the super title holder. But nobody mentions Rigondale's name because they know that Quigg would get his ass handed to him by him. 
And so this is right. This is my point. This is the crux of the issue, is that these titles are used by the likes of Eddie Hearn, are used by the likes of Sky, to then dupe fans into be able to say, and we've got a world title fight, fight on our right. card. Even if that, and then what they strip all of the words are interim and super. Oh, you don't need to worry about those kind of words. Why use adjectives? W P A title. Yeah, and so you end up yeah. with this situation where they can even to the point of not advertise a world title but advertise an eliminator for a world title that eliminator is for the second tier world title like why do you have a fucking eliminator to fight a guy who's not a world champion anyway the question i would have is why is the guy that's holding the second tier title not why isn't that a stepping stone to fight the top it should be in theory once you win that title i think you have is it 18 or 24 months to then take on the top fighter yeah in the same way Cole Frotch was the WBA super middleweight uh, regular title holder so he walked around with his nice shiny looking belt Andre Ward held the super title for that (laughs) and you know like Frotch had his ass handed to him by Andre Ward when they fought and so he didn't want to fight him again and so like he just retired because he doesn't want to fight him again so he can retire a world champion in the biggest inverted commas that you're going to find so when Frosch retired he didn't even retire at the top of the WBA list he he, he had a regular title yeah he had a regular title Uh, he'd already given away the WBC title total news to me I didn't know is this the same with WBC WBC no no the WBA like take the piss and Eddie Hearn you have mentioned that before Eddie Hearn like he laps it up he this is this is like when you were asking what's the point of him his point is that he is an artist he is able to paint a wonderful picture to fans that know no better and he can you know on Sky's behalf advertise world title fights world title eliminators the the so you've got the super title, then you've got the regular. So the regular is essentially what should be a playoff for the super. Yeah. Then you've got an interim, which in theory should be the playoff for the regular. Yeah, but instead you get stripped of that, and then you have to fight an eliminator <laughs> to fight for the regular. So, but then by its, by its nature, if you've got to go for an eliminator to get through, that's then another kind of playoff. So when you've got to go for an eliminator to get to an interim, to go for an eliminator to get to the regular, to go for an eliminator to go to the super, it's <laughs> and, mental. Then, and that eliminator at the beginning is like the eliminator for the playoff of the playoff of the playoff of the WBA super title. Yeah, I can see why you're annoyed by this, actually. Yeah, and so Sky make... Well, I mean, the WBA make their money because every time there's a fight that involves their titles or their eliminators, they're getting paid sanctioning fees. But they right? have to spend most of that on making belts. They've <laughs> <laughs> got millions of them. I think... Was it I read somewhere the other day? They have... Coming up to something... It's over 50 title holders. <laughs> it's a shambles. I'll, I'll do some research into it and find the exact number one day. But... Uh, <laughs> They have one, over, probably 50, won't take that long as well. over 50 title holders. And so more and more you're starting to see, I've written a piece about this on the website, um, looking at which promoters in the UK and in the US um, work with which governing bodies. And I've done quite a lot of research into it. It's quite interesting. But essentially, it doesn't tell you anything you wouldn't have guessed already. But Frank Warren does an awful lot of his work with the WBO. Um, and so they've got Terry Flanagan, they've got Liam Smith, um, that both recently fought Tay Flanagan defended his WBO lightweight title Liam Smith won the WBO light middleweight title so whenever you see there's going to be world title fights on a Frank Warren card if I were a betting man I would you know even before I've read anything about it I would bet that it's going to be a WBO world title now Hearn isn't quite that bad he's got a couple of IBF 
that he's got some WBC, but I'm putting some money on it right now that he is in bed with the WBA in some way because he's getting these, as I say, crappy little belts that are frankly a joke. Um, and like the, the sad, the sad thing is, is that Eubank Jr. versus Spike O'Sullivan in December is a cracking fight. Like it doesn't need this crap around. Um, being an eliminator for the the rig, they're not going to mention it. Eliminator for the world title, it doesn't need that whatsoever. But they'll use it to hype it. They'll use it to sell pay per views come December that they've got um, AJ versus White and they've got this eliminator. But it's so tragic that they do that, and it just dupes people into thinking they've got genuine world titles. They've got genuine world title contenders. They advertise Scott Quigg as being a world title holder. He's not a world title holder. Mm. <laughs> um, he should be like refused to be acknowledged. He is a good fighter, undoubtedly, but until he fights the legit world title holder in that uh, regulatory body, the WBA, he shouldn't be acknowledged as one. Is yeah, <laughs> that's my rant. Sorry. <laughs> Finally, the rant is over. So that brings to an end, more or less, our podcast. Um, you say it's just been uh, you giving us an earful. Yeah. No, it's fair enough. I mean, that's what they come on for. These people that don't. Yeah, I mean, people that you know want to feel depressed about my. <laughs> tell you what, Monday mornings are so bloody good. I need to, I need someone to tear me a new one. <laughs> I'm <way> to work. <laughs> um, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, hopefully this means now that subject to other things getting in the way, <laughs> this means we should be a bit more regular now. Every Sunday, so get all your friends to download the podcast and listen to it. Um, and if you don't have any friends, that's probably because you've been talked into some sort of depression cycle by the amount of mind rants that you had to yeah, listen to. Yeah, that's quite feasible. Um, <laughs> okay, so all that's left to say really is thank you for listening um, and thanks for sticking with us through the times where we haven't been able to put something out. Um, but your audience ship or your listenership or whatever you want to call it is much appreciated and we always look to see how many listeners we have so uh, yeah all I have to say is uh, thank you for listening and good night from me good night from me goodbye (laughs) 